This is Live Long, Retire Strong with Karen Presha Dowling from Dowling Legacy in Retirement. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Karen provides her clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Live Long, Retire Strong with Karen Presha Dowling. Hello and welcome to Live Long, Retire Strong. My name is Karen Presha Dowling from Dowling Legacy and Retirement. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call at 708-479-8771 or visit us online at dowlingretirement.com. And while at our website, click on the radio page to check out our past shows and subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. If you're retired or close to it, there's a lot to consider. Where do you want to live? Whether you move out of state for tax due to taxes. Illinois is one of the higher taxing you know, states that we have. Lots of people are moving to warmer client climates, other tax advantage states. One of the other things to consider is whether you want to downsize your home. We're going to talk about that later, um, perhaps in this episode. Or whether or not you want to move to a senior living community. Are you planning to work in retirement? And do you have all the things you want in terms of that money for what you want to do in retirement? And if you do work in retirement, how will that impact your Social Security check? Do you have the necessary cash flow to maintain the kind of lifestyle that you want? One common concern that I hear from many retirees is whether their money is going to last their lifetime. That's a big question that comes up. These are all big questions and we, um, they all require good answers. However, there are some things about retirement preparation that just fly under the radar. One of the biggest under-the-radar questions that you should ponder is what you'll do if you need to borrow money. You know, at first blush, a lot of folks seem to presume that borrowing money after retirement is impossible. After all, no paycheck, no loan, right? Well, truth be told, while getting a loan after you're done working can be a little bit more challenging, it's far from impossible. That said, if you need a loan while you're retired, you'll want to craft a plan that doesn't put your broader retirement strategy at risk. But before we begin kicking around some ideas for taking out a loan in retirement, let me introduce my outstanding co-host, Tony Shore, who I'd never consider putting up as collateral, no matter how good the terms are. (laughs) Now that's a compliment. I, I haven't received that compliment before ever uh but that's good you're, you're too kind you're too kind karen but i'll i'll take it um but yeah that's uh this is an interesting topic uh, finding money in retirement i i guess that's something i've never stopped to think about i'm not yet retired but if you do need money in retirement i guess my parents have been retired a while and they have loans they've taken out or purchased a car that type of thing so 
Uh, I guess it is possible. I'm, I'm interested to dig into this topic a little bit more, finding money in retirement. But first, yes, I've been great. Uh, thanks for asking and having me on my sh- on the show, on your show today, Karen. And I just, uh, it's been a crazy busy week for me. I, I've been so busy. Uh, it's, it's nuts trying to get everything done. You know, the fall, trying to get everything Ooh. done before winter hits. You know how it is, right? Love it. Yes. It's a great season. Yeah. So how have you been? What have you been up to? Same thing. We've been decorating outside and inside and oh, fun. Um, looking forward to, um, you know, cozying in and turning on that fireplace soon. Oh, yeah. Um, put a call into getting the chimneys looked at and um, the fireplaces checked out. And now, in fact, today my mother is making her homemade chili. So oh, can enjoy wow. that this evening. Sure. Well, you know, you know, it's uh, it's fall and winter weather when you you're having the chili. That's good. That's right. <laughs> getting the fireplace, uh, getting the chimney looked at. And that's good advice for our listeners out there. This is the time of year to get that checked and cleaned if you haven't recently. Because you want to start having fires in the fireplace, you always need to have it checked. That's that's, uh, safety first right there. But as far as our topic today, finding money in retirement, uh, I think you've hit on something really interesting here. I mean, how many people, while they're considering retirement, think they may need a loan a few years in, right? Oh, there are so many times that they will be considering this and and there's so many options for it. And I love this topic. I like um, you know, from many different angles because we're going to look at it from first, you know, from the home standpoint, you know, whether you need a home you know, loan or for household improvements, Investopedia wrote an article, 10 Ways to Borrow When Retired, and they have several options that may work for retirees who need a loan. One being the mortgage loan, um, which uses the home you're looking to buy as collateral. Um, it may be a little bit tricky because of income requirements, But depending on your asset allocation, this type of loan may not be out of reach for retirees. Mm. There's another option called home equity loan. Um, This one, you're borrowing against the equity you've built up in your current home. Generally, the borrower needs to have between 15 and 20% equity in their home, a loan to value ratio of 80 to 85%, and a credit score north of 620. Um, And then there's your home equity line of credit. This is very similar to your home equity loan. Both of these are secured by your home. But the home equity loan gives you an upfront lump sum that you pay back over time with a fixed rate and payment, whereas the home equity line of credit is used only when you need it and generally has a variable interest rate and payments that aren't fixed. So there are you know, nice options there for our retirees. Well, yeah, those are some great options, but where does potentially refinancing your home fit into all of this? Well, as you know, the interest rate environment was very favorable for quite some time now. And the cash out refinance loan allows you to refinance for more than you owe, but less than your home's value. For example, if you owed $100,000, 
and your value of your home was $300,000, for a conventional cash-out refinance, you can take out a new loan for up to 80% of the current appraised value of your home, that $300,000, which is that loan-to-value is what they call it, is $240,000. Wow. Uh, Nice. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And that extra amount becomes the secured cash loan. But the only thing that I would caution on this is that unless you're refinancing for a shorter time frame, shorter term, you may be increasing the amount of time it will take you to pay off that mortgage. So most of our retirees are refinancing, but they're refinancing for maybe 20 years or 15 or 10 to make it advantageous. Mm. Yeah. And so uh, that's interesting. And, and, you know, another kind of loan uh, that I think is pretty common even in retirement would be auto loans. How about those? I imagine most people are probably going to purchase at least one new car during their retirement. Typically, um, the auto loans aren't much of a hurdle for retirees, you know, because the loan itself is secured by the vehicle that you're purchasing. Um, while you know buying the new wheels with cash means you won't have to mess with paying interest, uh, I wouldn't recommend doing that unless it's not going to drain your savings. So if you, you know, have an enormous amount of emergency money and savings, then, you know, that's fine. However, if you have great credit and there are, you know, oftentimes great 0% or low interest financing deals out there on new and used cars, why not use their money? Yeah. yeah and then you use your money and invest your money. Yeah. So you can earn interest off your own money while you're paying off a low interest loan. You got to do the math. If you can make, you know, I mean, just I'm throwing out an example. This isn't uh, an exact, but say somebody makes six interest, six uh, percent on the money that they have, their own money in some type of an investment, uh, and their auto loan that they could get is only two two percent for an auto loan or one point nine which a lot of them now are, True. Uh, they, they, you do the math, you don't want to spend your own money to buy the car. Leave it in that account or retirement account and get the auto loan because Ex- you'll come out ahead. Right? Exactly. Because the difference between the 1.9 and the 6%, we call that the arbitrage, that um, 4.1%, that is the benefit to you. That's what you're making sure. on that. So uh, definitely advantageous. Sure. So what's the next thing uh, that we might want to look at? Well, some people choose to do debt consolidation loans. Um, That is, you know, could be beneficial. Um, It's an unsecured loan that may help you refinance your current debt uh, with a lower interest rate. Um, You should note, though, that going this route may mean that it could potentially take longer to pay off that debt, um, especially if it lowers your payment. When they consolidate all your debts and they come up with a set payment that is, you know, a lower amount, it may take more years to pay that lump sum off. And it could also prevent you from getting additional credit down the road. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want that. So 
I, I think if you're a retiree who may be in the market for a loan, working with somebody like yourself, Karen, an experienced financial services professional, is going to be a solid move. I agree with you on that, Tony. Another thing our listeners should be aware of is that if they still have student loans, um, value to pay on them could mean that part of their Social Security is withheld. Um, If you have concerns about heading into retirement with student loans, you may want to discuss um, deferments or forbearance with your financial services professionals. And, you know, we're here to, you know, assist um, on that. But there are other options. Um, you know, I should also mention that there's unsecured loans, lines of credit, you know, that may be available. They're often more difficult to get, um, but they don't expose your assets to risk. Um, you can utilize your banks, especially if you have a great relationship with your local banker. Uh, oftentimes, credit unions, if you're part of a credit union, they have great rates or peer-to-peer loans that are funded by private investors. Um, And credit cards with a 0% introductory rate, sometimes you can utilize that just to get you through the short term. But I would be particularly careful with that one because unless you're able to um, pay that off within one year, Um, After that introductory period is over, sometimes it's 12 months, 15, 18, the rates skyrocket, excuse me, skyrocket after that intro period. Mm. But, you know, I'll go digress a bit to what you were saying and another plug for why you might want to work with a financial services professional, that any one of these options could be problematic for your retirement strategy. So, you know, being cognizant and, and Getting the assistance of a professional um, that can help you make decisions so that it won't jeopardize the retirement that you've always dreamed of. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's smart. Now, uh, before we move on, speaking of working with a financial services professional, I I know you have a special offer for our listeners today. Listeners can visit my website at dowlingretirement.com or call my office at 708 479-8771 to discuss how my team might be able to answer any of your questions or address your concerns about your path to retirement. It's our goal and our passion to help you prepare for the retirement you've worked so hard for. So give us a call. All right. Sounds great. Uh, And, you know, during the show today, Karen, you've been talking about some of the ways that we might be able to secure loans should you need them after you're retired. And I think this has really been some great information. You've given us some great insights today. What do you have for us next? Well, I want to speak briefly about um, reverse mortgages. Um, And I know you've seen those commercials late, late night while you're channel surfing. Um, And Investopedia came out with an article, Five Signs of a Reverse Mortgage is a Bad Idea. And... You know, as you can tell by the title, it's you know a pretty negative article, um, but it explains a reverse mortgage. You know, allows homeowners who are at least sixty-two and older to convert their home equity into income. So, you know, we're going to look at this and kind of dive deeper into this. And like any other financial product, reverse mortgages may be a good solution for some people, but they aren't something you should jump into. Um, There is a lot of research, a lot of thought, and more importantly, 
a lot of conversations with your financial services professional that you need to have before you do something like this. Well, I've seen, uh, you know, uh, Tom Selleck, Magnum PI on there on late night TV (laughs) and on some of the TV shows, Mr. Mustache himself, Tom Selleck, uh, telling you that reverse mortgages are a good thing. So uh, let's jump into this. It sounds like uh, they could be good for some folks, but I find them a fascinating part of the financial landscape. I can recall a time, thanks to aggressive marketing, it seemed like, hey, here's a perfect financial solution that's just fallen from the heavens right into our laps for a lot of retirees. But eventually there was a lot of pushback. So as you implied a minute ago, like a lot of financial tools, they work for some and don't work for others, right? Yeah, that's right, Tom. Um, we're going to go you know, and spend you know, this segment explaining some of the potential negatives with reverse mortgages. And I really want to address you know, a couple of the reasons where you may want to Um, But then again, you know, I caution that it needs to be done, you know, with a professional. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Folks need to uh, have set up a consultation with you and talk about it uh, to make sure it's the right thing for their situation. Right. And the truth is, if you've done your homework and you you know, think that it might be a fit for your situation, you know, by all means, make your case to your financial professional Um, and, you know, Investopedia, you know, their first warning bell is that a reverse mortgage might negatively affect the inheritance to whomever you're going to leave, you know, your, yeah, your loved ones, essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because when a homeowner with a reverse mortgage passes away, their spouse or the family would typically pay off that loan which often means selling the house to generate the needed funds. If the house sells for more than the remaining balance, the excess will go to the estate, which then goes to the loved ones or the heirs uh, of that estate. But if the home sells for less, your heirs will not see a dime of that. The FHA insurance makes up the gap. That's why you must pay mortgage insurance premiums if you take out a reverse mortgage. Sure. Um, so and this if I, is, oh, sorry. Yeah. well, I was just going to say if you, then what you're saying is if you want to leave your house to someone and you also want a reverse mortgage, you must be certain that the people you want to leave the home to can actually pay off the loan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is why reverse mortgages are mostly used when someone loses a spouse and they need income and they plan to stay in the home. Or we often use it here for um, Medicaid strategies, for long-term care planning purposes, for singles, Mm. which we discuss in our newest book, Don't Go Broke in a Nursing Home. Um, But along those same lines, if you have people living with you uh, and that you're not single, that you have family members or friends that are there and they aren't on the loan's paperwork, they can be put in a tough spot after your death. Additionally, people who live with you may be forced out of the home if you move out and go into a nursing home or another facility or are gone for more than a year because a reverse mortgage requires that the borrower live in the home as their primary residence. Mm. So long story short, if the borrower passes away, 
sells a home or moves out, the loan is due immediately. One you know, potential solution to get around this is to list the people who live with you on that loan paperwork. But you know, keep in mind, those anybody that's listed on that paperwork, they must be over the age of 62. Otherwise, you know, they're ineligible to be listed as a borrower. Mm. Well, and earlier you mentioned the importance of working with your financial services professional, uh, especially if you're considering a reverse mortgage. But I think the point is really driven home by uh, your comments about what can happen, uh, especially if you have people living with you. Well, you know, uh, medical bills are a common reason that many people seek a reverse mortgage, but, you know, there's a lot to consider with, you know, this move. While, you know, reverse mortgage may provide the cash that you need to cover those bills, you have to stay healthy enough to continue making the home your primary residence. And if your health situation worsens and you eventually end up in long-term care facility for more than 12 consecutive months, you're on the hook to repay the loan in full because your home is no longer a primary residence. So that can impact whoever is living with you. They may, if they're not on that loan, they may be um, evicted from that home. So on a yearly basis, you'll have to certify in writing that that home you have um, for the reverse mortgage is still your primary residence. Sure. Well, it seems to me that if you're even considering a reverse mortgage, you better plan to stay there a while then. Oh, that's right. Absolutely. You know, if you think you might be moving relatively soon, whether for health reasons or by choice, then a reverse mortgage is not suitable because, you know, there are significant upfront expenses that go with getting a reverse mortgage, like lender fees, initial mortgage insurance costs, um, then there's the ongoing mortgage insurance premiums, as I mentioned before. And don't forget, you still have the regular closing costs like property title insurance, home appraisal bills, and inspection fees. So if you have to suddenly leave your home or sell it, you have a mere six months to repay that loan. And while it's true that you're entitled to any of the profits beyond what you owe on that loan, you'll already have shelled out potentially thousands of dollars in costs. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after after hearing all this, Karen, I think I'd have significant reservations about a reverse yes. mortgage. Well, and I think that's fair. You know, um, I just, you know, I would, it's not to say that the you know, reverse mortgage is not an option. However, it has to be, um, a good solution for the right um, retiree. And um, I just want our listeners to know that a reverse mortgage isn't free money. You know, it's a a very nuanced and heavily regulated product that has to be thoroughly researched before our listeners make that final decision. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you know, because of time, I think we're almost done. Uh, Going to jump to the end of the show here, Karen. Uh, it's been a good one. Uh, it's been a great show. 
Uh, do you have anything else for our listeners before we go? Maybe let them know how to get a hold of you. If you'd like more information about what we discuss, I'd encourage you to visit our website at dowlingretirement.com or call my office at 708-479-8771 to discuss how my team and I may be able to assist you with any of your questions and address your retirement concerns. It's our goal to help you prepare for the retirement you've worked so hard for. Well, Karen, great show today. Listeners, that concludes this episode of Live Long, Retire Strong. And I'm your host, Karen Presha Dowling. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Live Long, Retire Strong. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Karen Presha Dowling at Dowling Legacy and Retirement. Call 708-479-8771 or visit them online at DowlingRetirement.com. Karen Presha Dowling and Dowling Legacy and Retirement are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.